You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Lou Reed Transformer. In the room, I have Ben, Swoop, Swoop, and John. Oh, baby, rock, rock. <laughs> Transformer is the second solo studio album by the American recording artist Lou Reed, released on November 8th, 1972 on RCA Records. The producer was David Bowie and Mick Ronson, and the genre is glam rock. And from the book, Ignacio Julio. Lou Reed had the credibility in the songs, David Bowie, the sound, and the media appeal. The meeting of the American master and the British alumni gave the 70s one of its most delicious icons, a record that exploited and at the same time defined glam rock. Reed had left the Velvet Underground in 1970 with a bitter taste of defeat and animosity. New York had been cold and unappreciative. London now seemed where the action was. Reed moved to England and debuted on RCA with a failed self-titled solo album containing Velvet Leftovers and rehashed by non-empathetic studio musicians. A second chance was offered by Bowie, who had been producing shiny, dramatic recordings with his guitar player, Mick Robinson. Both labored to extract from the usual dry poet and musician an exhilarating mix of camp decadence and unforgettable tunes, transatlantic hit, Walk on the Wild Side, Satellite of Love, and Perfect Day. The vocal arrangements are as gorgeous as the guitars were searing, the presence of upright bass and saxophone adding to a cabaret ambiance, the sexual ambiguity of front and back cover appealing to the teenage audiences still discovering the facts of life. It also had rockers to warm up the dance floors, and behind it all, the shadow of a never-made uh, never Warhol musical, populated by adoring transvestites and debauched speed freaks, arty parties, and urban sophistication. Transformer is Lou Reed's most commercial effort, and its chart history in the UK alone spans three decades. It's also a superficial exception, as proven by the depths of Reed's adventurous career. What do we think of Transformer by Lou I Reed? I love Transformer by Lou Reed. I know. I was thinking about what you said about three decades, and I think I know what they're talking about. So yeah? On the charts in the se- in, in 72. Sure. Uh, uh, Perfect Day was on the charts again uh, in the 90s with the Train Spotting soundtrack. Yep. Uh, it was it like had like a resurgence of, of some radio play, and then I think again after he died, I think that mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you're right. Perfect Day came back. Yeah. yeah, and they've used Perfect Day in a, a bunch of different uh, advertisements. They've used it for PlayStation Four, I think. Mm-hmm. They've used it in movies. They've used it in uh, other TV ads. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, hearing a lot of these songs in different commercial uh, commercials and different things like that. So, what do you think Perfect Day is about? Do you think it? Uh, <laughs> I've read up. I've and, read up too. And 
I think it's, I'm not quite sure what I truly believe, you know, like what he was going for. Uh, A lot of people have said that it's him trying to live a more normal life and be straight, not have uh, like gay tendencies or something like that. Like seeing, trying that out, seeing how that goes. Um, I I don't exactly know. I think it is, be honest though, I kind of just feel like it's just, one of those things where it's like you have such a nice day and I think we've all had those like in your life you just have this day and you're like this was wonderful like why can't every day just kind of feel like this according to Lou Reed in like 2000 that's it's face value it's exactly it's about a perfect day that he had with his then fiance Mm -hmm. uh yeah people people like uh they they read like drug references into it uh but, you know, according to Luke Reed, it's like, why does everything have to be a metaphor? <laughs> you know, like, but, but, no, I had a really good day. <laughs> but it is such a real uh, interesting song to write about, like, a nice song because it is, or a nice day because it is sort of in a minor key a little bit, except for some of those major swoops. And there's weird sort of uh, asides, like, you're going to reap just what you sow. Right. You know, and so it's like, on on the surface, it's, oh, okay, you know, like. Have picnic in the park. It does it was sound a, a movie bit darker. After, yeah, maybe a little wine. There's sangria involved, right? Yeah, yeah. it sounds really <laughs> nice and it's pleasant. And but then there's those parts you're just like, yeah. is, is is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still Lou Reed. Yeah, it's a yeah. perfect day, but <laughs> it's a Lou Reed's perfect day. <laughs> uh, Lou Reed's perfect day. There's not yeah. everything is okay still. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you when you are the waiter and you're serving Lou Reed and you come <laughs> to the table and you're like, is anything okay? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, the food is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I have plans to do a perfect day. Uh, oh yeah, with Ann. yeah, because oh. we, we're right by the zoo, and I'll just go. We'll drink, drink. So yeah, so what's in, what's in it? Yeah, so sangria. Yeah, and so I figure we'll do that in the morning. We'll go to the zoo. Saw animals in the zoo. Yep, fed animals in the fed zoo. Fed anim- animals in the zoo. And then we'll go to the movies. And then home. And, and then, then home. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that Sounds hard. Like a perfect day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing this. Uh, I don't know if it's not for the first time because I'd heard those songs before, but I remember hearing this in like 2000. I remember exactly where I was like in a library and just with headphones on and I heard Vicious and it kicks off so excellently. Yeah. Like that guitar and that sort of like thin guitar that works exceptional with his voice and with the backing band. That sort of like small, what do they call those pig nose or the like micro amps where it's just got that real tinny sound and then from then on from there on you just start listening to every song and you're like wait hold on this song is on the album too this song is on the album too this song and it just goes down like a best of that's how uh, i was describing it to to carrie today you it's can't like it, it's, get any better it's practically a best of you know there's obviously there's songs that aren't on it that would be on a best of but you know what we're saying yeah yeah it's just Interesting that to have this collection of different songs and they all have kind of have their own feel, but they're all very Lou Reed Mm -hmm. and they're all have a great quality. I got turned on to this album when I was probably like 20, 21, like early in college. And it was around the same time that I was also getting into the Velvet Underground and Velvet Underground. I was 
like it took me a while to warm up to him. I, I I got that there was something going on, but like just some of the more avant-garde stuff. I feel like everybody has that reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you put it on, you're kind of like, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like everyone like who is interested listens listens more and more, right? Right. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. Like a few months later, when I first heard Transformer, I was just like, Oh, well. Like this is this is what I like. You well, know, I think Transformers got some good polish on it. You got it's Bowie got the, production, it's got the Bowie Buck production, and Mick Ronson. Yeah. He is the unsung MVP of the seventies. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that put the strings on Perfect Day. I mean, he's the one that's really pumping a lot of these tracks. He's playing. Beyond. He's playing piano. Yeah, he's playing tuba, searing guitar. He, he is actually not <laughs> on you, tuba. And how so do you I, feel about that? <laughs> first of all, I love the tuba. Okay. Second of all, I, uh, I I misspoke a few episodes ago when we were talking about Hunky Dory. Okay. And uh, someone, maybe John or Rob, was I forgot that David Bowie played saxophone, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, he plays saxophone all over Transformer." He doesn't. I was thinking of the tuba, and that's not even him. It's the the bass player. Herbie uh, Flowers? Herbie Flowers is on tuba. All bass of all kinds. Two two basses at the same time on Walk on the Wild Side. He's not playing them at the same time, but you're hearing them at the same time. Uh, Well, I thought that there was a story behind the two basses that, like, if you play both bass lines, you get both uh, royalties. So you get paid twice on the track. Well, he he, he gets paid to record it twice. Right. Yeah, so I, is it? I thought it was. Well, maybe it's not royalties. Maybe it's, it's just, just a request. Oh, yeah, because he's a session yeah. uh, player. Yeah, so yeah. as a session player, if he got to play twice on the track. Yep. But also, <laughs> like that kind of that that makes the vibe of the song. So oh yeah. It, like, if if you're not familiar with the song "Walk on the Wild Side," first of all, what, what are you doing listening to this podcast? <laughs> uh, second of all, uh, yeah. So it's one of the bass lines is starting low and doing a glissando up. And is it an octave? Yeah, yeah, it's going up and down. Yeah, and then the other one is starting at the top and going down, and it's on a, a fretless. And so, yeah, so like they're just there. It's almost like a Doppler effect of of bass tones, and they meet in the middle and they end on the octaves, and it's it's a really cool sound. Yeah. Candy came from out on the island. In the back room, she was everybody's darling. But she never lost her head Even when she was given head She says, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side Said, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side And the colored girls go It is interesting, too, to hear those other Velvet Underground albums going from sort of a a mixture on the first one, going to really hard avant on the second, and then going back down with the self-titled Velvet Underground. And then this feels like a continuation kind of of the third Velvet Underground album, but it's pure like Lou Reed, sort of like calm, cool... But still uh, glam. But still glam. I was kind of surprised when I thought more about it and everyone was calling it like defining glam rock. And I was like, I guess so. But it was, it's definitely dif- different than like T-Rex. It mm-hmm. still fits that, but it is like a bit more cabaret. 
or it's a bit more Wouldn't you say New that, York or... that Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars define glam rock? Like I that would record? say so, yes. Like that's... There's been glam rock before that, but that's like the, the template. If you take almost. if you take the sound and the look together, absolutely. I also feel like this one, you know, with even Walk on the Wild Side and Makeup and Perfect Day, it's not so much rock, you know. It has rocking elements like hanging around and vicious. Uh, obviously vicious, but it has a different sort of feel. I don't know. Uh, you, you mentioned it in the, the write-up, almost like that cabaret. I think, though, it was one of those things where everyone, the kids were then getting into Mark Boland, they were getting into T-Rex, they were getting into Bowie, who had already latched on to Velvet Underground mm-hmm. as an inspiration. And so then it's like it caught up, and Lou Reed was like... It's like a human centipede of glam. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All glitter. <laughs> What do you call the thing where the snake's biting his own butt? An Ouroboros. Yeah. Or Ouroboros, I don't know. Ouroboros. Or Ouroboros. Or Ouroboros. Boris. But yeah, definitely that when you say the word cabaret, it, it makes me think immediately of the last track on the album, the Goodnight Ladies. Like, it almost sounds like he's closing down the show. Yeah. I mean, but in a very traditional cabaret kind of way. So it's, it is, you get that element of glam, but then you get... Uh, Bowie doing the the backing vocals on uh, Walk on the Wild Side. And, and most yeah. noticeably, Satellite of Love. Yeah, that's where he's really doing the high notes. Yeah, yeah and which is amazing. So there's at least three distinct Bowie vocal melodies going on at the end of Satellite of Love. And each one of those, feel I think it's at least two or three overdubs. There's like nine Bowies <laughs> going on at the end of Satellite of Love. I think that's the bare minimum of Bowies. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it really is amazing when he has those those high harmonies that you wouldn't think Lou Reed would get to, but he does get to those high notes. I am, I feel like he's another uh, exception to this sort of like rule of how to sing. He's very much a Leonard Cohen, uh, droll singing monotone, but at the same time, he's got little expressions that that fit with his his lyricism and sort of how he presents it. Oh yeah. Like like the little parts where, where the phrase will dangle off the end of a measure or something like that. The, those are some of my favorite Lou Reed moments. It's like, I've got a few more words I want to say and I'm just going to fit. Them in. <laughs> right. yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't done talking yeah, about sugar plum. <laughs> he's yeah. He's great at like putting those phrases in, uh, yeah, it's like a hanging uh, a beat there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it should have, if it was like a pop song, it would have end, ended right there, but it, it carries through, but it's still on time. He yeah. knows he knows how to, you know, sing it. I like, uh, I, I like Lou Reed's sing talk that he does, especially when he goes from the sing talk into just kind of like some silly high notes. Like it just like <laughs> rides it right up and then comes back down. I, I, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's doing a lot of the, the sing talk on Andy's chest and then, uh, what, makeup? Yeah, we're listening yeah. to makeup right now. Which Today I love. I learned <laughs> I love, yeah. that Andy's chest is a tribute to Andy Warhol, unsurprisingly, but uh, specifically uh, after his assassination attempt. I had no idea there was an assassination attempt until I read the background on that song. I had no idea it was, I had no idea how, I knew he was shot. Yeah. But I looked up. Andy's chest today to see the actual like scars. That was w- 
way more devastating of a of a single gunshot than than I realized. Yeah. I think he kind of got like a side. Yeah, he must have. It, it was both yeah. both lungs, yeah. spleen, kidney, kidney. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, he he like I've seen pictures of him after the surgery with his shirt off. It looks like he was hit by a mortar shell and yeah. then put back together. It's it's crazy. Yeah, poor dude. Yeah, she shot at him three times, hit him once, then put the gun to the head of someone else that was in the room point blank and pulled the trigger and it jammed. Yeah. Valerie Solanus. Yeah. Yeah. She ended up having, I think uh, it was all over some sort of anger over him not producing her play. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or she, losing the, losing the manuscript for d- it. Depending on whose, yeah. whose story you believe she thought that he was stealing it from mm-hmm. her. She thought he was going to produce it and not give her credit. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's, I mean, Warhol was doing so much, so many drugs, so much, you know, mm-hmm. was going on. I'm sure it was like one of those things that was just like. Well, I don't think it was just a misunderstanding or a lack of communication. I I, I read up a bit on Valerie Solanas. It just seems like she has a, a bit of an unstable history. Yeah. Good movie, though. I shot Andy Warhol. I haven't oh, seen it. It's pretty good. Oh, who is it that plays her? Is that actress that, that plays uh, the characters? Yeah. <laughs> You know, the actress that plays name. the character. She's oh, she's in those movies with those guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of those. Well, I, I don't know. I should have been more aware. I had no idea there was an assassination attempt. I had no idea there was a movie about it. <laughs> or let alone a song about it. Well, the song doesn't yeah. really lead on uh, to let you know what it's about. L- Lily, uh, Lil- t- Taylor. Yes. Okay. Yes. Lily Taylor. Not Lily Tomlinson. That's no, no, no. <laughs> Different actor. Music by John Cage. Oh. Okay, awesome. John oh, Kale, sorry. Different, different yeah, artists yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. It's just silence. <laughs> <laughs> Satellites gone way up to Mars. Soon it'll be filled with park and cars. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. so much going on in this album that's like between these songs that are well known like Perfect Day uh, Walk on the Wild Side Satellite of Love and then just like sort of weird ditties that are kind of thrown in but I still like them I, I really like the weird ditties like uh, you're talking about like New York Telephone Conversation that's the, that's the one that is the most diddiest and the most weirdest <laughs> it's if it if if he if it wasn't Lou Reed it wouldn't work for me I think that's a big part of this album I yeah. think it just I don't know. I think a lot of it is lyrics, too. Yeah, like, if that same New York Telephone conversation wasn't wasn't Lou Reed talking about, like, the underbelly of New York, it would be too goofy for me. Yeah. But it's a goofy melody, but it's Lou Reed talking about me, you know? Uh, I want someone... Uh, we're listening to the Wagon Wheel right now. I want someone to play this when, when Wagon Wheel gets requested. Oh, that'd be great. Spoke, spoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when someone requests the, um, it's not Hootie and the Blowfish wagon. No, wheel, well, uh, does he do it too? Well, he covers it's, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's Old Crow, but uh, okay. it's, I think, originally uh, Dylan. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Dylan. But it was like an unfinished Dylan track that Old Crow 
like finished up like the like wrote the last verse for. I would whatever. love though someone just to bust oh, into yeah. this and be like, "All right, five ten years ago, it, it was it was the free bird of the mid two thousands. Oh my man. gosh, I heard it everywhere and and requested at shows and oh. also played at shows, but at every open mic, used to play this club in uh, Tulsa that uh, had church t-shirts that on the front said the name of the bar. And on the back just said, no wagon wheel. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> uh, all right. What do we what do we think of the album? Sam, I want to go first. Um, do we all just want to say it's awesome? It is. It is awesome. Unless you're a contemporary review from Rolling Stone, mm. which called it, and I quote, artsy fartsy kind of homo stuff. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> yeah. At the, at the time. Not a, yeah. Not you know, a current was, review. That was the review that of was the contemporary. 70s. Yeah. Contemporary. Yeah. 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 Uh, the name of the group of background singers is Thunder Thighs. Which is amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I did read, a, when I was reading up for this, I did read a, a current review from Pitchfork, and I thought, oh, Pitchfork is just going to go so easy. You know, like, yeah. it'll be like a 10 or whatever. And they were a bit more critical of Satellite of Love and, um, like, what, Perfect Day. Too, too many Bowies? No, they thought that it was... It, it was a bit flat in delivery and I could kind of see where they were coming. I was glad to at least read someone being a bit critical in a nuanced way. Yeah, they, but they if felt you're that it critical was critical of Lou Reed for being flat in delivery. You might as well be critical of him for having dark hair. Like, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Lou it's Reed. Lou Reed. And, and yeah. it helps you to accentuate but, the sharp points, which are amazing. But yeah. they did, you know, the thing about it, though, is there are other songs where it does seem like he is perked up a bit more. I like the delivery in those, the the sort of uh, monotone, the sort of uh, way it, it expresses the lyrics in those songs. But I could, I, I was in, interested to see a, you know, yeah, no, sort I, of a devil's advocate on those. I always like those reviews. Yeah. Yeah. They, they still gave it like a nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, as well they should. Yeah. I mean, and, and there are some things on here where he goofs pretty hard. I mean, and, and anytime you throw a hard goof into an album, it can take you out of it. But well, we'll talk about Todd Rundgren in a second. Right. <laughs> Speaking of hard goofs. Uh, but uh, even even when Lou Reed does the, the weird parts in Andy's chest that are almost like Shel Silverstein-esque lyrics about your nose sniffing your toes and... Just going off. I mean, I understand that it probably has a reference to a bear drugs and yep. yeah. You'd but, have a hairy mind. Yeah, yeah I do have a hairy mind to think that they're a bear. <laughs> Is that what he's saying? I don't know. I think it's a pink bear bear. <laughs> let me let me look this up. <laughs> yeah, complete positive for me. I, this is just like a. If you like sort of, I guess if you kind of like Leonard Cohen, you like David Bowie, this kind of is is that sort of mix. Although I shouldn't just compare. Um, Lou Reed is definitely his own thing. It has a bit of darkness to it, which I always love and sort of music that it feels like it's pop music. But then when you actually dig into the lyrics, it's a bit more uh, seedy, has those like really seedy elements. Love that. Um very cool artwork too. The cover is awesome, just like a stark black and white, very punk rock Absolutely. image. That was uh, it was a Mick Rock uh, concert photo that he accidentally overexposed and then decided it looked cool and submitted it for an album cover. Yeah, and it's, he was right. It absolutely looks cool. Yeah, it also kind of 
if if people were buying uh, Electric Warrior at the same time, I mean, it's got a very oh, yeah. similar vibe. Does anyone else think that Lou Reed kind of looks like Frankenstein on the front? Yeah, that, it, it makes him look washed or, out. With I'm the, sorry, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster. Uh, with yeah. the the way yeah. it makes his uh, eye sockets look sunken with the overexposure. Yeah. That really, that really pushes yeah, the, the, the monster like, vibe. Like a, a junkie. <laughs> yeah. Huh. huh. Well, that's that. what made him look <laughs> that way, was yeah. the overexposure. So we were all wrong on that lyric. It is, you've got a hairy-minded big bear bear. Oh, a bear. Like a, a bear. You've got, you've, got, you've got a naked bear with a hairy mind. That's what happens when you shave it down. That's what you've got. Yeah. When you okay. shave down a bear, you get yeah. a hairy-minded Bear. Because you know bear. what they say about honey bears. When you shave off all their baby hair, you've got a hairy minded big bear bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, listen to Transformer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll be talking about Hugh Mislika. Home is where the music is. All right. Thanks, y'all. I thought I was someone else, someone good. Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep.